0: I feel like I'm a crutch for her right now, that somehow she's only comfortable if I'm there to help support her, which makes me very uncomfortable because, you know, I'm, I'm not her husband and there are days where it just feels like that and a little bit grossed out by it most of the time.
1: Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret, I'll tell you mine. Sometimes you have to go through the darkness to reach the light. That's what I did. After 12 years of recovery in sex and love addiction, I finally found my soulmate, myself. Please join me in my novel, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict, a four-time bestseller on Amazon. It's a brutal, honest, raw, gnarly ride, but hilarious at the same time. Check it out now on Amazon. Welcome to Secret Life Podcast, I'm Brienne Davis-Gantt. Today, I'm pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We'll hear about what people are hiding from themselves or others. You know those deep, dark secrets you probably wanna to take to your grave? Are those lighter or funnier secrets that are just plain embarrassing? Really, the how, what, when, where, why of it all. Today, my guest is Chris. Now, Chris, I have a question for you. Dun dun dun. What is your secret?
0: So, um, I am Chinese. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time through the course of my life, i lived with the shame of, of being Asian. Like, I felt shameful. Wow. I, I moved here. Um, so I wasn't born here. I was born in Taiwan. And my f- parents moved us here when I was in first grade. And they made it a, a point to move us into a non-Asian community.
1: Why? Did they ever say why?
0: I, I think part of it was to acclimate to um to America. And you know, and I think a lot of it is also that they wanted us to to have that American dream, you know, living in the community being part of everything. And, you know, and I don't know if they want to, wanted us to sacrifice our, our heritage per se, but I think what they said was just, you know, you're, you're American now. And I just kind of lived that way. All my friends were white for a long time. And I, so I felt really uncomfortable around Asian people in schools.
1: That's so fat. So is any of your extended family here or just you guys came?
0: Um, so my, I have, um, I, well, I have 26 cousins. So
1: What? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. I think I have like six, maybe 26.
0: <laughs> my, my dad came from a family of five and my mom came from a family of six and they each, uh, I think my dad's, I each had two kids each and, and like my mom's, you know, I think I have her oldest sister. I think have five girls and like, and everyone else had two each. So,
1: so did they all come to, or just your family?
0: Um, so my family was—we we're, were kind of like the second family that came. My aunt was already in San Francisco. Both my cousins kind of grew up here. Um, my two youngest, actually, I guess my four youngest cousins now—they—they um, they were all born here.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So and they grew up in Texas. So they were—they um, were very much American.
1: Yeah. So my first question for you: Did they ever tell you why they left? Just for the American dream, or was there any other reason why they left?
0: Um, I think one was for the, for the dream, and the other one was just for a better edu- education.
1: Okay. Okay. So, when did you realize you really hated? I,
0: I, I think it was in um, in college was when I first realized. Like, I that was the first time I was really exposed to like a large, like just Asian community in general. And and I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't relate to any of them. Like, I didn't understand the way they acted, the way they, and they spoke Chinese together. And, you know, I was always thought you should speak English.
1: Do you know how to speak Chinese? I do. I do. Well, that that's I mean, I wish I knew more than one language. So I think that's amazing. But but you still didn't understand why they spoke in college.
0: Yeah, I always thought like, you know, like, don't you want to like, don't you want this experience instead of just being surrounded by people that look the same way as you? Right, and at that point in my life it was it was all about like I want to make sure I'm doing what my parents wanted and it was very strict Asian culture in general is very strict that's you know you're there to perform you know have to seek excellence and you, and you just need you needed to fit a model of what you're supposed to be
1: Wow so you grew up in that culture and you probably did it to yourself so it was like double the pressure yeah. And you hated it at the same time. Yeah. So how did you identify at all? In did you, so you grew up in a very white community. So, so how did you want to be like them? And how did you know you would never be like them? Did that happen?
0: You know, not until college. Like um, I wanted, I identify as American. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to just be like everyone else. I didn't want to stand out. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the first time I really realized that I was different was my freshman year in college. I was walking down the street. I went to school in Boston and I was walking down one of the neighborhood streets to try to catch the subway. Mm -hmm. And I just remember I walked by this old lady and I noticed, and I don't know why I noticed it, but I noticed that she grabbed her purse and moved it to the other side as I walked by. And that was like the first time I I felt like, oh, I'm not dangerous.
1: Wow! I know you, and you don't give off that vibe at all. So I'm in a little bit of shock right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I think that was the first time I I realized, like, oh, my my skin color isn't the same as yours. Kind of. Wow!
1: And has yeah. there been any moments since then where you felt different?
0: Yeah, um, there. It was about I think about ten years ago. We were um, I was on a road trip across the country. Mm-hmm. And we stopped in, and it's so like cliche, almost like we stopped in West Virginia mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At, at like a Denny's to get lunch. And I was with one person was white. The other person was Brazilian and the other person was Mexican. But they all like the Brazilian and Mexican, they all looked white. And I just felt completely ignored by, by the waitress. Wow. Like I, Like she didn't even look at me. And she just ordered everyone's food, and then I was, you know, I ordered my food, but I never got, I never felt a connection. Yeah, and that was the like first time. You were time invisible. I, yeah, mm-hmm. like somehow, like she grinned and bearded just to talk to me, kind of.
1: Wow. And what are the other things? And I know this is probably going to get uncomfortable, and you don't have to answer anything, obviously. But what are the other things that you hate about your culture?
0: I I have what many would consider a, a tiger mom.
1: Oh yes. Can you explain that if no one knows that that concept?
0: A a tiger mom is, uh, it kind of equates to a helicopter mom where um, they are just around your life in general and they are basically wanting you to live the life they want you to have and not the life you, you want to have. And it's all about them going out into the world to show off that my offsprings are better than yours.
1: It's almost like they take ownership of you, yes. right? Because yeah. <laughs> I have that with a parent where it was like, you're the daughter, I'm the father, mm-hmm. you do what I want you to do. And it's like, no, I'm my own person. Is that the same concept just put differently?
0: Yeah, it's very much so. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's about, they needed to be in control. Um, and I always tell this, this is, this is how extreme it gets. Um, you know, I travel a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I've, I've driven across the country many times. I've flown across the, around the world a lot. And there was once where, um, I flew to Shanghai yeah, and my phone broke and, um, I, you know, I turned it on. It just wouldn't get a signal. Yeah. So I was kind of, I couldn't reach out to anyone. And, um, and I little did I know that my mom was freaking out because for some reason I didn't check in and she expects that I check in everywhere I go. Mm. And, and how so, old were you oh this was like six years ago so i'm like what was that that's like 38 39 years old yeah
1: so you're a grown human, yeah, I'm human. A grown man. you were like 18 16 yeah. where but you're an, a grown man
0: yeah who speaks the language by the way um have traveled everywhere by myself as makes a, his own
1: um, money and has a yeah. job and yeah
0: and when i got back to san francisco i finally was able to reset my phone there was a message from the State Department. What? And it, it, it was, and I kid you not, it was literally someone said, Hey, this is so and so from the, the China desk. Um, hey, when you land, would you mind giving your mom a call?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you, oh my God. I, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. She took it to extreme.
0: Yeah. And um, so she apparently, and she was chewing me out saying like, I I didn't, I I didn't take into consideration her feelings and that, you know, like she, and it's always very passive aggressive. It was like, well, you know, and then it becomes like, well, I guess I didn't raise you well enough. You know, it's my fault. I guess you just don't care about the elders, you know, but it doesn't surprise me because I didn't raise you that way. I didn't properly raise you. And it's like, it's all very much like I'm a horrible person. I, I was never taught these things. And, you know, I never put anyone's other anyone's feelings above mine.
1: So she paints you as selfish when you were just on your trip. Yeah, I know. Isn't that so exhausting? I mean, I'm just going to so you, you know, like, I know that feeling when a parent, you know, makes it about them when you're like, wait, what? This is not about you. I'm not here to make you feel better as an adult. Yeah it's, it's, it's almost like gaslighting with the person that's supposed to love you the most in the most healthy way. And then they're not healthy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's definitely been a big struggle.
1: Yeah. How how else has it been a struggle for you?
0: Um, you know, through with my relationships, um, you know, I feel like she doesn't have any boundaries or she'll say things that are inappropriate to my partners.
1: Can you give an example or no?
0: So, um, and I don't know if you know, like, um, it's about 12 years ago, they, they moved down here and I made the decision that, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll live together so I can at least be helpful. Cause my brother, um, is developmentally disabled.
1: Mm. So, so your you know, mom and your brother live with you. Yeah. Right. And that's the culture too, right? That, like-
0: that is Yeah. That's very much the culture. And, but so my my girlfriend and I, we've been together for seven years. Um you know, it's a different story as to why we're not married yet, but you know, well, that's another time. <laughs> that's but, another <laughs> secret. <laughs> um but like I she told me once that um that my mom spoke to her spoke to her about like, you know. Like, what, where are we going to get, where are we going to move to? Like, and, and she said, you know, we're not sure yet, you know, it depends on where her job lands and where I, I can work. And she, she literally said to her, well, you know, like, well, we'll come with you guys. And, and, you know, obviously that freaks like freaked her out. And I, you know, so it's like having to manage my relationship and not allow her to interfere with it so that she can feel safe and comfortable.
1: Yeah. And enmesh with it. Yeah. And yeah. do you feel you've set good boundaries with that? Or are you still going through it now?
0: Uh, I'm still going through it it's still yeah yeah i it's I think Asian moms in general just it doesn't matter what boundaries you set, they're going to cross it.
1: <laughs> I love- You obviously have never met my father. So it's not just Asian, Asian mother. So just so you know, you are not alone in the boundary crossing. No, anybody that has no boundaries will keep trying to cross them. And sometimes you have to cut them out of your life. I'm not saying cut your mother out of your life at all. It's just that's Mm -hmm. what you have to do sometimes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I've thought about it. I I haven't openly just said, you know, like, I'm going to move. Like you guys are going to be on your own, but I've I've looked into opportunities elsewhere for work, and you know, and I think the, the the braver thing for me to do is just to say, you know, you need to stop. Where I'm going to move out. This isn't working out, I, and I eventually will get to that place. You know, as of now, I've been working on finding other opportunities in different parts of the world.
1: Wait, Chris, let me get this correct you are looking for a different job in another location so you can break up with your mom.
0: Yeah, that sounds bad, but that's... that's
1: <laughs> but that's what it is, right? Yeah. Not that I'm calling you on the shit, but like we're friends, yeah. so I can kind of call you on your shit a little bit. Like yeah. normally I don't call people out this much, but like that's what you're telling me that you are trying to find another job in another place so you can break up with your mom.
0: Yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> Uh, That's what, and I I turned down the opportunity. Um, I, I, there was an opportunity. I know there
1: was (laughs) international that you've always wanted to go to, right? (laughs) Look at, I'm totally calling him on a ship people, but like (laughs) international.
0: Yeah. It would have been, it's like a dream of mine. I I,
1: know. And did you, you did turn it down? I did. Yeah. Because of your mom.
0: Yeah, I think there's some underlying issues there. And, uh, you know, I mean, there are other things, but I I think mostly it was was that.
1: So if I took out the mom factor, would you have gone?
0: I think, you know, I think if there wasn't COVID at that moment,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um, I I would have definitely like.
1: So a pandemic, if there wasn't a pandemic in your mom. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: I think I would have been I think you guys would have seen me on Zoom a lot more
1: Yeah, that's the thing it's like I am your friend and I love you and it's like a part of me wants to shake you a little bit this is not an intervention people just so you know (laughs) but you want to do so much with your life and this cultural obligation that you it's it's suffocating you Mm -hmm. And some people are listening, going, Brianne, you're not in this community. You have no idea the pressure that's put on. I totally get that. But it's like, when is enough enough? Because you have taken care of your family. yeah, And I'm sure you'll still take care of them.
0: Oh, absolutely. Like, I I wouldn't. It's not like if I moved away, I would just cut them off. I would still be available. I just feel like I feel like I'm a crutch for her right now. That somehow she's only comfortable if I'm there to help support her, which makes me very uncomfortable because, you know, I'm, I'm not her husband. And there are days where it just feels like that and a little bit grossed out by it most of the time. So
1: No, it's that emotional incest. And you've heard yeah. me talk about it and I've shared about it. It's like where the child takes the place of the partner. Can I ask what, what happened with your dad and her?
0: Yeah, so they're they're separated, but they they have they're they're not divorced.
1: They're not. How how long have they been separated?
0: Um, God, it's about uh, almost fifteen years. I don't know.
1: So. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Wow, fifteen years they've been separated, but not divorced.
0: Not divorced.
1: So there's almost like in your in your family unit, people holding on to things that don't work for them anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, so it's it's tough for me because my my dad actually lives in Taiwan now.
1: Oh, he moved. So he yeah. relocated.
0: Yeah, he relocated when I was in, when I was a freshman in the high school for work. Mm-hmm. He went to China to work, um, and you know, we would go every every winter and every summer, and you know, and I had no idea anything was wrong because it was great. Like we lived in a hotel, like yeah. we had everything we needed. Just tell the concierge, and they'll give it to us. Yeah. and um, and, and I I didn't really know anything was wrong until after like after college and then i started noticing things and then you know and they mentioned that you know they're they're just not happy
1: so he never came back when he was working there
0: yeah so he like he would come back but Uh um but since i was away i never saw it
1: so when he finally said they were separating did you have a physical reaction
0: It, it was it was hard Mm-hmm. Um, cause you know, I, I think when parents divorce and you're younger, it's, it's a lot easier to handle cause you're still developing as a, as a human being. And it was at a point where I was, I was growing and they said, you know, we're no longer together. And so it was very much like, well, who's, where do I put my loyalty towards? Mm. And, you know, and it's just being able to be there for both of them makes it hard.
1: So, how, how you were in your early 20s when they separated? You were in college?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just graduated.
1: So, yeah. So, 23 ish probably. Yeah. Yeah. My parents divorced late too. They divorced when I was 17, 18. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think divorce is hard no matter what age it is. But definitely as an adult, if there's an enmeshing parent on the side of it, that puts a lot of pressure on the child. Yeah. And it all landed on you.
0: Yeah, and the fact that they're not divorced, that I means he still comes back when he can.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, they stay in different rooms, or they'll stay in different places. But it's still very much hard for me to be in the middle because they're sometimes arguing.
1: Oh, they still argue and everything.
0: Yeah, you know, they'll. We can be at a restaurant, and like the way he chooses, they'll they'll he'll argue. They'll argue about it.
1: So how does that feel watching your mom do that to your dad in public?
0: It's, it's tough. And it's also, I think that also adds to the embarrassment and the shame that I have. It's embarrassing to be outside and, you know, and they're speaking Chinese to each other while yelling at each other. And it's like, I just want to kind of get as small as possible.
1: But the, so here's my question for you. How are you going to change this perspective of your culture? because it's a part of you because there's a part of you that hates you
0: yeah you you know one of the like one of the things i'm incredibly grateful for when i changed jobs was um i came to a company where there were there were a lot of asian people and there were a lot of asian people on my team that i work with and just i think the culture itself at work it lends to us being vulnerable Mm -hmm. And, and we started talking about like just being asian in this world and it turns out that um, more Asians in general deal with this this problem—the un- unrealistic expectations that are put upon them to be the caretaker for the family, you know—and and then having to deal with the stress of it. Some people do it better than others, um, you know, and some people succeed; others, you know, start drinking or using, yeah, to try to cope. And that that helped. in that that space and 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 i i really do believe like feeling safe while talking about it with people at work has made me better um it got me to a place where i I actually um i started joining the the asian network at work you did yeah I, i started going to meetings and i did the i did the whole like you know lurking i didn't have my camera on i just wanted to listen and feel like i'm part of something and like finally i just my colleague just said, you know, would you like to help? And I don't know what, and he did say yes, but I just said, sure.
1: Oh my God. That's amazing. I envy you where you actually have a culture and I don't, no one ever asked me where I'm from or what heritage or anything. Like that is not a question that is ever asked. I'm just a blonde white girl. Like, you know, sometimes they're like, where are you from? And I'll say where I'm from, but I envy that part where the you know, the uniqueness.
0: I, yeah, like I, it's so funny too because it's like I never wanted to be different. I always yeah. just wanted to be part of everything. Right. But I think the more, you know, more I've grown, the more work I've done on myself, Um. The, the more I'm more open to the idea that, you know, it's okay being who I am. And even like I, I my girlfriend, like she li- has told me that she thought she was born like Asian in a previous life because she loves like, china japan and she just loves the culture
1: so here's your girlfriend who loves you you guys have been together for seven years loves the culture is that helping you starting to love your culture more
0: i think so yeah definitely um you know we've been through asia a lot more Mm -hmm. and it's forced me to speak chinese Especially in China, it's forced me to speak Chinese and interact with other Chinese people who, for the most part, were surprised that I spoke Chinese.
1: Really? Why? Because they knew you, you weren't living there anymore?
0: Because I didn't look very much like I grew up in China.
1: Oh, you already Americanized.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was, Amer- I was very much Americanized. And, you know, and all of them, have, I've heard this from many people. They're just like, oh, you speak really good Chinese. And, you know, and it, it felt good. You know, what's really interesting is, um, like my, the person that, um, hired me at the new company, she's Chinese mm-hmm. and, um, and we'll, you know, we'll talk about things and, and like we're foodies. So we'll talk about different types of foods. And there are a couple of times where she'll just say the Chinese word for it. Cause you can't really, at the moment, like we're like, I don't know what the English translation for it is. Yeah. And, um, so we have those moments, um, And then, but the thing that I always get a little kick out of is, um, you know, sometimes in Chinese restaurants, when they don't expect you, you speak Chinese, um, they'll they'll talk about you.
1: Totally. I know they're talking about you, but I love that you know what they're saying. But here's my thing I want you to do next time you're with your boss, just start speaking Chinese to her and see what happens. In the workplace.
0: I, you know, I will. Okay.
1: You have to tell me next time we talk if you did it and how it felt. I
0: will. And I, I think because I'm now working along with in the Asian network, I, I feel like there's opportunities for me to to use my native language and, yeah. and just talk to others in Chinese. And,
1: and to fully embrace yourself. Yeah. You know, and then I know we're running out of time and you're a busy, busy person. But I have to ask you this when are you going to finally cut the umbilical cord with your mom and like step into your quote unquote future? Because you and I've been talking and it's like, I feel like when you do that, you will fully love yourself in your culture.
0: I I'm, I'm working to get there. Um, I think once my, I think once my girlfriend is through with, with her training, Mm-hmm. Um, I think the goal, and we've talked about it, is to to move to where where we can both work
1: and not bring your mom with you, yeah, yeah. like that's the goal. Like, and when you do that, you have to come back on and share that whole experience. Promise oh, well, me that., <laughs> how, how messy it probably got, but how empowering,
0: yeah, I yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, my my therapist always reminds me that the more work I do on myself, Mm -hmm. the more I will be triggered by what my mom does. And she just says, you know, and that's a good
1: thing. It is a good thing because sooner or later, you're going to stand up and say enough is enough and the healthier you get, the more uncomfortable, the toxicity when it comes at you. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get you really uncomfortable. (laughs) Okay. My last question for you before we go, if Somebody is listening out and has the same experience or with a family member even or their culture, what would be your advice for them?
0: Um I would say embrace embrace who you are mm-hmm. and the uniqueness that you bring to life. Um, you know, I think I spent so much time trying to fit in. And what I realized is I don't need to try to fit in. I think people accepted me for because I am different, you know, I'm tall, I'm taller than most people. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no hair. Like, those are all things that I'm like, oh, I can't shave my head because then I'll be different. And, you know, like just embrace embrace the differences and be authentic. Um, And then if people like you, they'll like you. If they don't, you know, then you weren't really meant to be in the same place together.
1: Ah, beautifully put. And I just have to let you know, when we met, I was like, wow, he's tall and bald. He's badass. Like I actually thought it was an amazing quality and that you are Asian and you are different. Like I immediately was drawn to your uniqueness and how awesome you were. And then you spoke and you were so kind. And it's like, I want you to fully love you just like I love you and care about you. Thank you. So just so you know, walk into that room, like owning your shit and don't bring your mom with you. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I am slowly learning that. It's imperfect, but I'm I'm learning it.
1: Well, this is what the show is about. Having these secrets, even if they're in the present still and like going through the process. So I'm so grateful you said yes when I asked you to come on and share this. And I'm just I'm so glad we're friends.
0: Yeah, me too. And thank you for asking me. I really like it meant a lot to me.
1: And if you want to be on the show, please email me at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. Until next time. Thanks again for listening to the show. Please subscribe, rate, share, or send me a note at secretlifepodcast.com. And if you like to check out my book, head over to secretlifenovel.com or Amazon to pick up a copy for yourself or someone you love. Thanks again. See you soon.